Hello and welcome to the Strategist Five Days of Patreon Giving. I mean, that's probably not the real title, but who who knows? You're wondering what is this? Well, if you're listening to this, you are one of the people we have identified. Just get get ready because you're about to give yourself a round of applause here as not having paid for the Strategist Patreon. Congratulations! You are one of those people that likes this show enough not to pay for it, and frankly. I applaud you for it. Uh, but here's the thing. There is great content, arguably even called premium content, behind the Patreon paywall. And we want to just give you a little bit of that tease. We want to give you a little bit of what that content is. This particular episode, as part of the strategist five days of Patreon giving, uh, a new title I've just invented, uh, is about the Alberta NDP and whether they should change their name heading into the next election. We did a deep dive on this particular episode. We go deep, we go strategic, we create an entire strategy memo of what they should do if they want to do this, why they shouldn't do it potentially. All of it is covered. And you now get it as a free listener for free right now. This is a Strategist, episode 1268. My name is Aiden Belcher. With me, as always, Stephen Carter. Corey Hogan. Carter, you finally joined us. You were finally sorry. doing it. You were late. Yeah, what were we doing? What were we doing? Sorry. What was I doing? I was having a nap. Fuck, I'm old. You know, it's like Friday. I barely made it. Oh, man. Barely made it to the end of the well, week. Well, the reason we're recording right on a Friday is because of you backing out yesterday. Now, we've got a huge backstory in terms of what happened, which I'm sure people can get access to, Corey. We were actually releasing the what happened to Carter last night as its own yeah. episode. It's it's like our own Snyder cut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was I was out for dinner. Okay. Well, we know that. That's pretty good. You can hear you can hear all and about And then um No, we, no one gave yeah, you permission to I'm continue. I'm celebrating the Travis Kelsey Jason Kelsey release of uh uh their their Christmas song. Uh it was pretty great. You're into this Taylor Swift stuff a little bit too much. I have to say, I don't know. <laughs> this is like three episodes in a row. Yeah. You know, we're like, yeah, you know, this is, like when Annalise, this isn't when Annalise asked like the question, I'm like, anymore. you know, yeah, 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 I'd go to the concert. But now you're just like bringing no, it up man. as your topic. I have, this, this is because, this is because, this is what's happened. I have given up Twitter, as you know, because uh, Elon Musk is uh, anti-Semite. I think we can say that. I think that that's okay. Am I going to get sued for that, Corey? I don't think so. I don't think I will. Um, so It's probably the corporation that'll get sued yep. for platforming yeah. you. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, I'm not there, but that leaves me on TikTok only. And TikTok's all Taylor all the time. So I'm surprised I'm, your TikTok is not about 95% pickleball content. <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i have to actively avoid pickleball as much as i actively avoid is your throwing. phone beside you right now can you take off your headphones and i'm just gonna yell pickleball into the room and and don't just just wait or we'll, we'll just watch don't. what happens to your algorithm just watch i don't want to i don't want to lose my tray tap. can you keep saying pickleball over and over tap. again just no so stop it tray tap tray tap tray tap just pickleball just say Balancing pickleball repeat after me carter pickleball come on let's do a show uh, Corey, people don't Tune in for this nonsense. People, oh, <laughs> you'd be surprised, uh, Corey. Uh, you, what's going on with you? Are you are you fine? I don't care, but like you know, let's run through the most. Yeah. Corey's never been happier with me. Uh, it's Don't true. Worry. Carter has has really come through here. I have my level two charger in my car hole now, so that's all good. Can you get me one, Carter? I don't. I have a two thousand five Toyota Corolla. Uh, no. Okay. That's fine. You could... No, your inability or lack of desire to spend money on things is uh, really impactful. I thought you were going to say is cultural, but okay. <laughs> That's, that would have been... Also cultural. That would have been, yeah, no, been a good I, way to I, land I, that plane. I can't help okay. you if you won't help yourself. Wow. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah, that was... Never uh, give Carter the pen on a DEI strategy. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Let's move what? it on to our first segment. We're not doing DEI anymore. Didn't we Didn't we all decide that? Okay, great. Yeah, no. <laughs> Corey, do you want to talk about this? What does it stand for? Am I thinking about drugs? Am I misinterpreting an acronym again? Uh, you might you, be. You might be. I mean... Our yeah. first yeah. segment name drop. Corey, we're going to do a one segment. We're going to do a one... Um, issue deep dive. We're going to talk about the rebranding of the Alberta NDP. Uh, wh- why are we talking about this? Because, guys, there's a new group, Alberta's Progressive Future. Uh, they are making a case. It seems like a one issue uh, organization, at least thus far, that has come, uh, that has sprouted up, exploring the idea of rebranding the Alberta's NDP. They provide some polling, some some isolated questions from some Janet Brown polling. Uh, they make an argument for many center-left voters not choosing the Alberta NDP because of its affiliations with the federal NDP. Uh, and then they give about five points about why it's time to change the name of the Alberta NDP. The NDP lost an election they should have won. The party's evolved. They need to be in control of their own brand. A progressive government is more important than nostalgia for a brand. And finally, progressive voters will not stay united if they, if we, as in the NDP, don't win. There's a lot to talk about, and I want to spend the majority of this episode talking about the how, irregardless of what you guys think of an Alberta NDP rebrand. But it'd be weird for me to jump straight into that without asking you, Carter first. From where where this stands, from when that election was in May to where we are in November, to where you see things going, to the rumors you hear about leadership, give me your top line answer on the question that this group is posing. Should the Alberta NDP be strongly considering a rebrand slash name change? Well, you yeah, you can't say rebrand slash name change. That that that's not I? the same mm. because it's not a rebrand. Brand is not about name. You know, if, if you go to, you know, a discount airline like Flair Airlines, you know, you're you're. It's not just the name Flair Airlines. I mean, if we rebranded it and called it the Taj Mahal Airlines, if it still has the same business practices, it's still going to be a discount airline. Um, you don't just simply say, oh, we're going to uh, rename this organization and therefore change the entire brand structure uh, of the organization th- that it represents. It's not how branding works. The brand is a cumulative experience of how people interact with your your organization and just calling on the ndp to change its name is a total misunderstanding of how branding works so this this argument Corey, just go back to this this group for a second then i'll get into the group and the how and all that sort of stuff like the the deep dive old school strategy session that we'll do carter but Corey, this group talks about initially off the top saying exploring the idea of rebranding the alberta's ndp and then concludes with those five points that i brought up that are the justification they say to why it might be time to change the Alberta NDP name. And and I and I Carter, your point taken on conflation of those two things, but I also want to yeah. give this group clarity in terms of what they're trying to say in terms of what a name change would be. Corey, name change, rebrand, either or conflate them together if you want. Does it need to change? I mean, I 100% agree with what Stephen said and and I've I've lived some of these fights before with the Alberta Liberal Party. A lot of activity got consumed in the idea of identity and specifically the name of the party. I do 100% agree, though, brand is about more than just name. And there are more important things to to address. 
what I always say to people, because I sometimes get asked about my opinions on this particular matter, is I think that the name change is the last thing the NDP need to consider. And I don't mean that in the sense we often say that's the last thing they should consider, which is like they should never consider it. Yeah. A a name change is something you do when you fundamentally change the product underneath if you believe that still makes sense. You don't do it first. You do it first and you're going to have a situation where... um, my God, you're you're they're just the same. It's just a paint a coat on the same thing. Look, they're still connected to the federal NDP. Look, they still have all of this union influence. All of the things that the critics would say, they will continue to say if all you have done is change the name of the organization. I'm not convinced that they ever need to change the name of the organization. And I am entirely convinced that conversations about changing the name of an organization are a waste of time. So look, my personal view of this is, You want to change your brand, you change your brand by doing the hard work of changing who you are, and you change the relationships that your organization has with people. If you want to change the name, you don't debate it. You don't have the conversations about, is this a good name or a bad name? You're just poisoning your own name if you do that. If you want to change the name, you do it in the dead of night, mob hit style. You just do it. Like a radio station flip overnight? Like a, I'm, I'm serious. And um, anything you do otherwise is just going to be too disruptive and too damaging to an organization. Well, and 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 it's just not worth it. Well, it is not worth it. We're in it. Let's just get in it. Like in in the strategy side okay. of things, Carter, we're in it. And Corey's put his thinking out on the table. Um, there's so sure. many questions to ask about this, right? And I'm just going to muse about a few of them. If we're talking about a rebrand or name change, and I got your guys' perspective on both, whether it needs to happen or not, no one gave me a clear answer, but is that a surprise on this fucking show? Definitely not. So I gave you a very It was clear not answer. clear. What Carter, you Carter, you just so woke up from clear. a nap. You think you're you're delivering <laughs> missives like Jesus. No, you're not. Okay. Oh my god. These are it was better than Jesus. Jesus gave you all these contradictory stuff. Listen to the everything I said before. I mean now. I don't nice. understand what nice. he said. Nice dig, nice, a nice dig at, at Jay there. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, by the way, one one of my prophets, right? Like he's a homie, yeah. right? Like he's a very close yeah. homie. Uh, one of peace the, be yeah. upon peace him, be upon him yeah. and the other hundred and twenty four thousand prophets that we believe in. Um, Carter, um, it's about just a little, just twice the size of red deer. Um, Carter, <laughs> question for you. Yep. Listen, Corey, this is a a, a, a multi year. Uh, Muslim explainer podcast. Yeah. Okay, that is the undercurrent. Yeah, it's, no, it's I love, deep, I, it's I love deep, how you made Red Deer yeah. like the Delaware of of Canada too. Like you're like, what's a yardstick? People will understand. Yeah, two Red yeah. Deers. Okay, two Red Deers. Um, you know, Mecca points to Red Deer, as 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 has been said. Now, uh, Carter. <laughs> <laughs> This is a fucking disaster you already. Guys, you guys got jumpy when I wasn't we here. We didn't get jumpy. And things had gotten fall, oh, This is an educational apart. podcast about okay. the one true okay. religion. Um, Carter, okay, <laughs> let's get back on track. Yeah. We have so many things to talk about around a rebrand and how it should happen. This is why I want to kind of get into like that whiteboard strategy moment because there's timing. There's who should carry the particular sort of case for it. Should it be a third-party group or should some candidate, should Rachel Notley leave, be the one to carry this this particular thing? Um, you know, the, the, the order effect that Corey mentioned, should it happen at all? Like all these things need to be considered. So I want to kind of like whiteboard it. If if the goal, and this is, this is like, and I'm now putting it in a different mode. Here's the question. If the goal is to at some point, whether it's Corey's point of ultimately, which you might agree with, 
or initially two years out, three years out, four years out, like we are right now, change the name, what would you advise the process be? That's what I want to spend the next number of of minutes on, which is if this is the goal, what should the strategic process be? What would you advise? Kick us off with some thoughts and I'll take some notes and like try to mold this conversation. Sure. So begin with, you know, what is it we, we, we're, we mean when we talk about brand change? And let's go back to what Corey and I both said, and that is that changing a brand is about changing the kind of the the, the entire experience of the of, of the party, if you will. What is it that we stand for? Who are we? What are we known for? And I think that that doesn't start with something like, like let's say that Rachel Notley um, is planning to, you know, to resign as, as speculation is uh, rampant and she's going to leave the leadership. Well, don't change the name of the party on your way out the door because the name of the party on the name out the, on the way out the door isn't actually going to change the brand relationship. Instead, a new leader comes in. A new leader comes in, but it's not just that there's a new leader in town. What it is, is there's a new leader who's going to run the party with different values, different morals, different ideas, different thoughts, different priorities, different ideas, you know, all the all the things that we think of when we think of a political party. That's going to change because there's there's new leadership and it reflects the values of the potential voters that we wish to attract in a different way. So begin don't begin at the end. Don't say we're going to change the name because this is different. Instead, begin at the beginning and say what is it that we're trying to create? What is it that we're trying to create? And if it is a different relationship with different voters, then Start to make that change. Make all of that change before you even think about changing the, the, the letterhead, changing the, the logo, changing the name. Um, instead, what we try and what we see most of the time, and I think this is maybe where BC United went horribly <clears throat> wrong. Um, BC United just changed their name. Uh, BC Liberals uh, changed their name uh, just a couple, well, I guess maybe a year ago now. Um, but they changed their name because they thought that they needed to have a different relationship with their voters without changing the relationship with their voters. They didn't change. They didn't work with people and become a different party. And then people say, oh, yeah, that's the party I really want to vote for and then change their name. Instead, it was just the name changed. And all that changed is people went, I don't know who they are. They sound like a soccer team and said, oh, I'd rather vote for the conservatives anyways. Carter's throwing a lot on the table, Corey. <clears throat> There's a new leader in town. I want to talk about the new leader effect, should that happen. Um, different priorities, policies. I do want to also get into, like, does a group like this and who should carry this particular cause, does a group like this actually advance a cause? Or is it outright, you know, harming the cause if a name change is what folks want? Like, if the, the Corey, the question here is, if this is where you want to go, you have said this is the last thing to fall into place. Right, rather than the first thing you ultimately do, how would you structure um, this particular exercise? What would you have on your like strategic document of the steps that we are following? Yeah, if I wanted to change the name, and I do want to be clear, I'm not. I'm not saying the Alberta NDP need to change their name, Agreed. or I'm not even saying that they should consider it. In fact, I want other people to have that I, conversation. I, yeah, I aggressively don't think they should consider it. Right, even if they do it, they shouldn't consider it if that makes any sense. Like they should not be talking yeah. about this. This is a distraction. But if you want to do it, uh, what you need to do is you need to get to a place where um, where doing it will not have the downsides of doing it. And mm-hmm. so if you want to do a bit of a work back on this particular thing, well, I mean, there's so much I could say. I don't. I almost don't know where to start. Sorry, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to frame yeah. it. Yeah, 100%, you don't do it 
bef- uh, with a leader on the way out the door. Not that I thought there was a risk of that with Rachel Notley. Anyhow, 100% you don't do it your first days of the leadership if you're a new leader, because all you're going to do is create kind of a maximum moment of acrimony where perhaps you're going to splinter your party and you're going to pull things other ways. You don't even want to give like two years of debate or deliberation for this. You don't want your party organizers all fighting inward and debating with each other when they should be trying to be united in getting voters to support them. You change behaviors. You you change the way the party approaches things. You marginalize the voices that you think will ultimately be a challenge on this front in, in institutional ways, right? And you you've got to, you've got to kind of get if you're the Alberta NDP, you got to drop the brothers and sisters in solidarity yeah. forever before you drop the Alberta NDP name. And you've got to have an organization that kind of supports all of that. In my opinion, the best time to do it is probably six months before an election, Stephen. I mean, I'm flexible on the time. I haven't given it a ton of thought, but you want it where you've got that that starting pistol staring at you where you're going to, nobody's got time to organize a massive resistance. You've just done it in the dark of night. You're reintroducing yourself as the part of the brand of the party. And once you've gone through one election with this new brand, it's the new brand and people will be fine with it. But like, you don't let like a, you don't let a counterinsurgency come on the particular name. question. Uh, Carter, I think we'll get, I think we'll get to our like core sort of like what strategy or sort of like navigation on this by asking why you shouldn't do certain things. So I'm going to ask you another one of those questions. Do you mind if I do that? Why shouldn't this be something? And you might agree that this be a should. So uh, should is there advantage for one of the leadership candidates to run on this? To run on a rebrand, to run on a name change to the base? Uh, talk, to, talk to me about <laughs> this. I'm going to give you these scenarios, and then we're going to whittle this down yeah. to like what the strategy looks like. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you were to run on a name change, then all of a sudden you're just the name change candidate. And people aren't going to be evaluating on your leadership capacity. They're not going to be evaluating on whether or not you're going in the right direction. They're not going to be evaluating on anything except should you change the name. And this isn't a question of whether or not you should change the name. This is a the the primary question of a political party is should we change the um, relationship with our voters? Should we you know, do we want people to, when they think of the NDP, right? Do they do we want them to think of? I mean, Corey brought up a, a great point with the brother and sister thing. You know, you know, hey, brother Hogan. You know, like if if you're still talking about brother Hogan, uh, when when you know this this the campaign is is or the name change is done, then have you really changed the brand at all? You do realize my, it's my, it's not the Mormon Church, right? It's. Uh... This is well. This is this is, but this is part of it, right? Like, the there is way a religiosity behave, to more, like, like a party like more, this. Sure, they're more church-like mm. than they are, right? Like, and that's fine, right? Like, being a small organization that has kind of a a clicky inside, it, you know, that's great. There's a lot of value to that in a political party. I mean, I think there's a lot of political parties that would kill to have that kind of loyalty and relationship with their individual voters. That's a great idea. But if you want to win an election, uh, being a small, clicky party is not necessarily the way to win an election, right? You you have to recognize that the brand that you want isn't necessarily the brand that you have. Um, so, you know, even Corey's putting the a time frame on it. Like, my view would be, what does it mean to have, like, if you're a leadership candidate, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So if you were a leadership candidate right now, you would have to be working through and saying, okay, well, what, what party do I want to actually lead? Mm-hmm. Do I want to lead the New Democratic Party or the Alberta New Democratic Party? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As it was constituted, as it's been led by 
uh, Rachel Notley, as it's been led by Brian... Brian. Mason. Top, Mason. Not top. Mason. As it's been led by Pam Barrett, as it's been led by... Like, like go back and say... Or okay, Raj. Raj Panu just to... Oh, I skipped right over Raj. Um, but... Do you want? I want to lead it in that form. Do I want to to be an Ed Broadbent style of leader, or do I want to be leading something that that is different than all of that, but still holds true to certain principles that I think the New Democratic or the voters of the New Democratic Party are are interested in? And my view, like when Alison Redford ran to be the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Alberta. Um, we changed fundamentally the brand relationship with the voters because we changed who we were and they came to us um, expecting a different outcome. Now, obviously, we didn't provide that and in the long run and we wound up on our tushies. But the brand, the brand promise that was made, not necessarily the brand that was delivered, but the brand promise that was made was very, very valuable and enabled us to win another election when winning another election may not have been in the cards. We might have just been Jim Prentice one election earlier. So I think that that's what you start to do is what, what, you know, what do we want the party to be not? And then, then you work through, well, what, what does that mean? Right? Like, what does it mean to, how are we going to build this relationship with the actual voters? The same way you would do it if you were running Colgate and you wanted to increase your market share. You don't say, well, we'll increase our market share by calling it Duplo. I don't know. I just made Duplo up. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, you made Duplo up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big thing. It's a big, bigger blocks, bigger blocks than Lego. Anyways, you, you know, that, you don't change the name and get a bigger market share. Uh, in fact, cha just changing the name may dilute your existing bar brand position and you may just lose market share as we've seen with the BC uh, BC United. Uh, unfortunately, Corey, Duplo.ca is uh, is taken. It's uh, Oh, that's yeah, too bad. Unfortunate yeah. for us. Uh, hey, Carter. Okay, so what I'm yeah. hearing you say, you would not advise a candidate to run on this particular thing. Corey, would you? No. Would you do that? Would you advise a, a, a in terms of getting this thing done, right? Like the, the scope, I'll, once again, I'll kind of set our scope here. If you want to get this thing done, would you put it in the hands of a candidate to run on? Well, you, there's a version of it where you say, I'm the change candidate and I'm going to change everything up to and including the name. Mm -hmm. And maybe you win on that. Maybe you get 51% of the vote on that. But I, I'd ask yourself whether that is actually a productive approach. Because if you do that, the other thing you need to consider, Zane, is you're effectively saying... I don't want this party. I want to create an entirely new party. Mm. And it's going to feel like an awful lot, like a takeover, a hostile external takeover in that situation. And that is going to guarantee a reaction. That is going to guarantee a backlash. The side that loses won't just say, oh, well, we lost, but we're all new Democrats and it's time to get behind the new leader. They're going to say they don't even want to fucking be new Democrats. Like these people don't want anything except the apparatus that exists, this official opposition status. They're not us. And you are going to have people walk away from the party, people you can't afford to lose in that situation. Probably MLAs, certainly party organizers. And so you've, you've just sort of established for yourself a day one problem that you don't need. You just don't need it. Carter? Now, part of that new brand, if you did create it, if we did follow a timeline similar to the one that Corey's proposed six months before the election, mm -hmm. you know, this new the new brand is ready. The new organization is rolled out. And if... You happen to lose eight 
M- MLAs or six MLAs who said, oh, no, we're not going to go that way. We're going to hold on to the new Democratic label and we're going to be the new Democratic label. That might be super valuable. That might actually, that might depending be the, on what you're trying to do. Right. Because if you're trying to brand as we're not them. Yeah. Right. That might be really valuable. But again, you can't just embark on that and hope that it works and hope that when, you know, five MLAs, you know, leave your party apparatus because you've fucked, you know, you're, they're so angry with you. Um, you can't just create that and hope that it works out. It has to be done for a strategic reason with strategic rationale behind it. So, okay, so I'm hearing a lot of things. This is helpful. Corey, Carter, am I, am I f- fair to say that if we were whiteboarding this, which which I'm kind of doing on our behalf, you agree with yeah. Corey's premise that this is a T-minus, like, last six months sort of thing, and, like, it's it's at the end? Is there any part of you that would challenge Corey on the ordering of when this would go? Let's start here and, and clean up some of this stuff. No, I think, I mean, I think Corey and I are both saying that you have to change the, if if you're changing the brand, like if you're a brand new leader, um, you change the organization first, you change what the, what the expectation is with voters, you change your positioning. Um, Maybe you take a a new position that that people can associate you with, um, or newly, and of course, a new leader, uh, because you couldn't change the name with an existing leader and expect it to be seen as a different I'll go back to the front of the timeline in a second here. Yeah. So so I've got both of but, you saying on the front of the timeline yeah. that this is a, a new leader thing, not necessarily having a new leader run on it because there's potential downside. Corey, you called it a day one problem. You also said there's a chance that someone could run it as the holistic change candidate and win, but that's a political gamble, so to speak. And then on the back end, I've got this is like a, a thing that you flip over, right? Like six months before I introduced a new brand, here it is. Um, it's the last thing to fall into place, not the first thing to fall into place. So far, so good. Well, and can I add one more thing to that? Keep thing? adding, because I've got other things I want to add in between. It, if you set out, I think that you're going to change the name as a dedicated outcome, yeah. you've done it wrong. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right? It, it, you must set out... With the dedicated outcome, we are going to change the relationship of this organization with our primary set of voters. Is... And then if if you get to the end of that, and the only way that you can really show voters that you have changed, that you are different as an organization, is to change the name, then you change the name. Um, and you do it exactly, you know, the TELUS brand change from Alberta Government Telephones still stands as one of the greatest name changes I've ever seen because it was done instantly. And it did represent the change of the way that way they interact. But we're feeling with already correct. So Corey, I yeah. want to go to you. Carter saying that the, the the line at the top of this document that we are creating through just our voice should have a you know a different question to ask rather than the strategy to change the Alberta NDP name. It should be titled this memo that we are writing should be titled something different. Do you agree? I do. And I think that um, maybe you don't call it the distancing strategy, but like a name change is a means to an end. And and actually this group, this Alberta's Progressive Future, has, talk, has a question about like, oh, too close to the federal NDP. Not the only way you can resolve that problem. Like one of the things we heard a lot during the election uh, was a, a standard talking point of the NDP constitution says the federal constitution takes precedence, right? So Jagmeet Singh is Rachel Notley's boss. 
Okay, well, change the NDP constitution. Change the fucking constitution, right? Labor's got too much authority. Did you know Labor gets these seats and these votes in the NDP constitution? Change the NDP constitution, right? Uh, And then at the end of the day, when you've done those things, if well, okay, let's just let's just throw it all out there. You don't get to a point where it's six months before an election and say, "Okay, everybody, I fucking got you. Here we are. I'm changing the name." Correct. No, you wait until Jigmeet Singh does something really dumb. I mean, set your second hand to it. It's not going to be that hard. And then you yeah. say, "You know what? We've had enough. We've tried to make it clear that we're not there because of the NDP constitution changes we did. We have certainly staked out some territory that's a little bit different than this." And and now we're just this is just too much. Like we're 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 looking for a way to establish ourselves as an independent organization. And look, we you know, we appreciate that there's a lot of people who are members of the federal NDP and provincial NDP. And we're not saying there's anything wrong with being a federal new democrat, but we're saying we're gonna be our own thing now. And so like you need that trigger as well. So when you talk about that strategy public trigger. That yeah. strategy has to be more like a sovereignty association strategy to use that old, like, you know, 1995 Quebec referendum language. And then if you end up there, you end up there. But uh, it's, you can't it's, it's a even... good point. It, it's a good point, Carter. It reminds me of something our friend Susan Elliott would often say. This is an old colleague of ours, you know, old PC warhorse, right? She'd say one of the biggest mistakes yeah. that politicians make is that they try to solve problems that they don't necessarily define. Right. They don't define the problem. And Corey's trigger is interesting because many folks would know the problem, but people aren't paying attention to this day to day. You need a proof point, an example, a live wire to trigger a particular move and saying this is a pattern of behavior that we can no longer stomach. I I appreciate that, Corey. Carter, your your take on this, because we're we're getting some clarity in terms of what this memo looks like. You can even hope for better. Right. Like it doesn't sure. need to be an action that Jugmeet Singh takes Fair. that you just disagree with. I mean, imagine that you go through the constitutional changes that Corey is defining. Right. And and you're in the you're in the meeting. You're changing the rules about unions. You're changing the rules about connecting to you the can make it federal. so you're not automatically a member of the federal NDP when you join and you the have Alberta. your own. Yeah, There's you a checkbox you got to check. It says, hey, you want to yeah. be a member of the federal NDP, too? You know, you can and do the, these things. All of those things are being changed and you're changing them radically and it's happening very quickly. And the other way that you can, you know, this could happen is that the federal NDP take an action that say, you know what, you guys aren't the NDP anymore. Yeah. Oh, how terrible. (laughs) Oh, no. We've been thrown out of the federal NDP. What better proof point? Do you need that you're not the NDP anymore? Oh my God! You almost want to. Out. You almost want to orchestrate that because right? you want you want to push them so far. You want to push them so far, so fast that they can't possibly keep you in. And you do this all timing so that there. And then there's there's you know provocateurs in Ontario, in in Manitoba, in in Saskatchewan, in British Columbia that all go to the national convention and say we can't have those fuckers from Alberta in our party anymore. Look what they've done. They're not new Democrats. Boom. Problem solved. Now you've got a brand change because you've literally changed the brand, right? The brand is no longer the new Democrats. They've kicked you the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Probably a good time to remind everybody we are not saying this is a good idea. We are saying if you wanted to change the name, this, this is how this, you approach uh, it. So yeah. the, the reason we're doing this episode is is uh, a oh, version. That sounds like a pretty good idea. <laughs> no, a version, a version. <laughs> I was worried we were getting too into it. I'm really like, this into is, this, this now. Classic this is classic whiteboard idea. energy, but yeah, yeah. No. a version of it was thrown up, and the uh, the premise of this episode 
and we'll we'll talk about you know this particular group in a second at the end but like the premise of this episode is how would you do it right this is how one group did it how would you do it right and and i wanted to to test that okay so i've got a lot we do it better i mean can we just start with that premise your 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 premise is interesting right so you've got new leader you know not necessarily doing it as part of the leadership race you've got trigger points you've got t-minus sort of like six months but it's not a date on the calendar you say we're going do or die no you look for an organic moment to kind of make this happen you try to orchestrate Mm -hmm. a a bit of that you 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 include policies constitutional changes other relationships uh, throughout this period that make it very clear. Um, Corey, I have to I have to pe- push a little bit on, on policies, and then I want to push on third-party groups. Those are the, the sure. two things on my mind. Do you need a big signature trigger policy to create distance? It doesn't have to be in that same time horizon just before you do it, but do you need something to create space? And then what is that for you? You talk about orchestrating what would you orchestrate from like a policy perspective that could create that distance? We've talked constitution, we've talked brand, we've talked name, et cetera. Policy, does pol- where does that kind of fit in? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly where we need to go next. And one of the things that a next leader of the NDP is going to have to deal with, if there's a next leader of the NDP, if Rachel Notley, I mean, there will be someday, yeah, but like in the point, next yeah. bit, is they're going to need to say why their party is different than the party that was. And ultimately, there are some pretty showy things you could talk about if you were an NDP leader, one of them being the carbon tax. Coming out in opposition to the carbon tax doesn't mean you're against environmental action. We've talked about this on this podcast a lot. You could say, you know what? It was it was a well-intentioned idea. It was probably a mistake for us to put trust in this in this like weird market mechanism, uh, which was going to ultimately hurt people. And instead, we're going to make sure that it's it's large corporations and you know the the super wealthy flying around in jets and the people who are causing this pollution are going to pay for it, not you. And we're going to shield it. And we've got this new regulatory approach. We've got this way that we can address it at kind of the institutional level. It's not going to be you anymore. So I think that a policy like that, that it doesn't need to be that, I want to be clear, but where you're actually taking on what has been, at least for the past five plus years, a sacred cow of the Alberta NDP is something you've got to do. Uh, it, it's got to be something of that size, of that magnitude, something that you could say, the Alberta NDP would never do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think one of the ones that really makes a lot of sense to me is actually one that Stephen threw on the table pre-election, mid-election, like a big tax cut by the Alberta NDP, targeted at lower incomes, for sure, you know, but, you know, like things that you historically wouldn't associate with the Alberta NDP that are policy changes that sort of signify not the same organization. Corey, how close, I mean, how close I think are you a, doing this to the next election versus like doing this, what you'd call traditionally mid-cycle? So these I do right away. Like yeah. I do these mid-cycle, oh, which is not sooner. Like this becomes almost part of a leadership contest. This is a bundle of changes you bring forward and say, I want to do things a little bit differently. We're all new Democrats, but I have these different policy initiatives that are coming forward. This is part of that work I was talking about, where you actually change who you are before you even consider some of these like name change things that are down the road. You know, changing the color of your party, changing the name of your party, all of that nonsense. That that is like that's the final coat of paint. You know, so if if you want to change the organization's brand. And that doesn't necessarily mean name change. You start with those things and you see where you end up. Thanks for saying, yeah. Corey, that they have a great logo. Uh, Carter, um, f- from your perspective, 
Talk to me about. Do do people know that uh, your involvement in the logo? They do now, I guess. You know, they would have if we'd done a post mortem. Yeah, you would let us. Yeah, that was a post mortem. I nailed it. That was it right there. (laughs) Right there. Logo, fuck you. If you'd had a different name, you'd have won. You had a better logo. That's why you lost, hey Zane. Just the name. Don't ask me the question. Why'd Why'd you you lose, lose, Zane? Thank you. (laughs) It didn't feel right without the question. Um, Hey, Carter, where does policy fit in? How close does these signature orchestrated flashy policies need to be to the next election versus leadership versus immediately versus floated out as trial balloons like literally now? Talk to me about where policy fits in if the headline of this memo is changing the relationship. Well, I mean, I remember being very enthusiastic a couple episodes ago about the NDP and, and the way that they instituted their carbon tax. But you don't need to do a carbon tax to have a bunch of money to spend on on uh, changing the economy. I mean, if you look at what's happening in the United States, you could steal out, straight out of Joe Biden's bucket of, OK, we're going to reinvest money into the economy to enable it to become a green economy. And that puts people to work, puts creates, you know, great green jobs and or whatever the hell he his his talking point is um, that it's, I'm not sure what else you could put in the window. I'm not sure. Like I was, I was trying to think. Like I don't, I didn't want to follow and just say, yeah, that's a good one, Corey. Um, but I don't have a lot of other talking points. Like you're going to be committed to certain primary commitments that are going to stay the same, right? Like you're going to stay committed to healthcare, you know, the public healthcare system. Um, You're going to stay committed to uh, public education. You're going to stay committed to post-secondary education. But there's different ways of delivering all of these things too. So maybe you, you talk about changing the, the focus of the government on a couple of those things. But I think that Right now, with environmental politics being as powerful as it is, power, that's a place to just really define yourself as different from, from Rachel Notley. Um, the other would be just action. I mean, the Alberta NDP did nothing to stop me from paying for my own MRI when I separated my shoulder mountain biking. Uh, and, and Sarah Hoffman was the minister of, uh, of health, right? Like, the Alberta NDP did nothing to change the way that we look at, at healthcare in this province. Um, maybe you can make a case that, you know, that you're going to be the healthcare uh, party. There's, there's a number of different ways to kind of dig into it. Um, but I think that the climate change one is probably the best. Corey, Damn, your thoughts. Corey. Well, look, regardless of which one you want, and don't let our imagination in the moment see make it seem more self-limited than it is. Yeah. There's lots of things you could talk about here. In a sense, what you're trying to do over that period of time is you're trying to do something that has, maybe even your critics say, that's not NDP. And then you go, yeah, that's Alberta NDP. We're different. And if they say, well, then Alberta NDP isn't NDP, then, you, then you've ended up in a place where you say, well, maybe you're right, right? Like to Stephen's idea before. But like addressing these things first, to me, it, it's a necessary condition. Does not require you to then go on and change the name. But if you actually want to talk about brand, you got to talk about the things that matter, right? That actually reflect people's relationship. And if we changed it, if we changed the taxation structure, kind of moving back to my, you know, what what I was thinking about earlier, if you change the taxation structure and you say we're going to tax these following groups less and these following groups more, um, you could really build some momentum. And again, I think that it'd be really important to carve out some ideas that aren't going to be universally accepted by the caucus that you're representing, um, that aren't going to be universally accepted by, um, 
by the traditional New Democratic voter. Um, why would you do that? Why would you give up an, a known set of voters? Because there's another known set of voters that didn't vote for you last time. Uh, the work that this party, this little group has done, whatever it's called that uh, Malkinson's working on, the, the data is there. I mean, the data that they presented isn't necessarily wrong. It's just not necessarily the data that would convince me just to change the name. It would be convincing me that maybe there's a small group of voters that I can turn away from to pick up a larger group of voters if I change my behaviors uh, and change my brand structure. Yeah. And it's like in the movie, Dave, when they're trying to get the astronauts back uh-huh. from the failed spacecraft oh, yeah. that's going to the moon. Yeah. Right. And you are going to lose a certain number in the conversion. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to say there's four times as many people over here as I've got here. I'm going to get four times as many. You're going to lose a lot of votes on the way. But if you still end up in a net positive situation, frankly, that, that's all that's you need. That's the hope of yeah. the it was, that, like, there's But it was this close. Like the thing I want to underline is it was this close. So like you really are talking about marginal efficiencies over last election in order to win the next election. Yeah, I mean, Alison Redford gave up fiscal conservatives in order to win a certain fa- female voter segment. It was a great trade, uh, but it ultimately cost her her leadership too. So you got to recognize that, you know, and in a perfect world, we would have had a lot more Lloyd Snellgroves. If you recall, Lloyd Snellgrove left the Progressive Conservative Caucus because he was not prepared to serve with Alison Redford. Um, that was great for us. That enabled us to see, say, we're losing, we're losing this old guard and we're picking up new people because we have changed so dramatically. Um, but it turned out that he left because of her individual failings, which was a... Oh, yeah, that was a great uh, precursor to what was going to. So we've got a lot on the table. We've got this, this, you know, this doesn't happen now. New, new leader, maybe not run on it. I want to get back to this for a second before I talk about third party groups. We've got like this T minus six months, the trigger points, policy fitting in there, creating some distance. Some Corey would suggest you right away. Carter, I think you'd agree with that. Um, I want to talk about if you are a leadership candidate or a potential leadership candidate that either wants to go for the change candidacy, but doesn't want to acknowledge it, Corey. What's your line? Like, and what I mean by that, you're not the change candidate running on the party, you know, needs a name change, needs a brand change. Alberta NDP doesn't. If that's not your explicit, like, focus, and you're not mentioning those words, what's your line around, hey, a brand, a brand, like name change, name change, because this yeah. question may keep coming up. Like, I don't know how much juice it's got, how much life it's got. It's clearly got a bit of juice right now because of this group coming yeah. out. What are you saying to both of you? Like, how, how are you navigating those those worlds? You know, you get the opportunity to make a statement that is probably not 100% true, but sounds 100% righteous and won't do you any harm, where you can say, you know, initiatives like this don't give voters enough credit. Like, if if the NDP has things it needs to do, there are things we need to change about ourselves here. But, like, the idea that you're just going to put a different coat of paint on things and and trick voters is, is foolish. That's not going to happen, and that's not where I'm going to be putting my efforts. I want to be talking about policy. I want to be talking building bridges to communities. I want to be talking about the ways that we can reflect the concerns of Albertans that don't currently feel like we reflect those concerns. And those don't have anything to do with our name, and they have everything to do with how we act and who we are. Carter, what would you add to that? What would you take away? What would you completely remodel? 
Yeah, I'm not the least bit interested in changing the name of the party. I am, however, interested in changing who the party appeals to. And that's going to involve us bringing a whole bunch of new ideas to the table. Ideas like walking away from the from the carbon tax uh, while re- reaffirming our commitment to the environment. Walking, you know, uh, changing the, t- the way that we, impl- uh, that we impose taxes on Albertans so that the people who have the most resources um, pay their fair share. And we close the income gap in this province, which has become... So unbelievably uh, crazy. The way that we have, I'm going to really put an emphasis on children. Um, you know, we're watching the UCP destroy children in our province, and and we're going to focus on children so that they have the best possible province to grow up in, or whatever. I mean, but that's what I'm going to change. I'm not going to change the name. I have no interest in. In, yeah. in, in playing these silly games by people who've got too much time on their hands uh, that don't recognize how people actually vote. It, people you know, voted I for or against getting, Rachel Notley, too. You know, yeah. like, come on now. I think Albertans have gotten their share of distracted government focusing on the wrong things. I'm going to be yeah. offering them something different. Real changes that make a real difference in their lives. Let, let, let me stay on this track. These are these are good responses. Let me stay on this track for a second. I think, and I'm getting a little bit more into the you know, leadership style things, which we haven't really discussed um, because we don't necessarily know. But let's say it, it happens. One of the concerns that you hear from the party is that you you want f- and the acknowledgement of folks building on Rachel's success, not undercutting it, so to speak, right? And like as, as much as you talk about new, different, etc. Corey, any cautions for folks that would run on this that have, and, and I'm going to stick to our scope here, that have the ambition of a potential rebrand, et cetera, to, 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 to build rather than undercut and strip down and rebuild? Does that make sense to you? Because I think at the end of the day, the viability of this party is due to pretty much one woman and, and what she was able to do with it, one would argue, or there is an argument to be made. You may want to disagree with it, either of you. But I'll put that on the table as a consideration for, for the, the broader rebrand, change the relationship project that this memo is about. Ah, you know, that's that's one of those questions where it's like, I hear what you're saying, but I also think that people who say that are, are entirely missing the point and the realities of politics here. Mm. The minute Rachel Notley leaves, she's gone. And you can no longer bank on and cash out that relationship she has with Alberta voters. Any new leader is going to be a leap of faith. Any new leader is going to require saying, this is who we are, this is what we're going to be, and setting their own direction. I mean, this can't be a political party like North Korea, where like I think two leaders ago is still technically their eternal president, right? Yeah. Where everybody talks about how great they were. If it's going to be a living, vibrant political organization, it's got to be molded in this shape and reflects the strengths of whoever the next leader is because the next leader will not be Rachel Notley. And so the idea that you're going to sit there and have a bunch of like sacred Moses style tablets, which were whatever Rachel said, is ridiculous. And it actually wouldn't be doing a service to Rachel Notley's legacy either. The best thing you can do for Rachel Notley's legacy within the party is make sure that the NDP remain a perpetual force in Alberta politics. You do not need to sit there and put her on some sort of phony pedestal and say, we can't undo anything that Rachel said. She's a human, folks. I've met her. You guys have met her. Like makes mistakes. She's, she's sometimes fallible. awesome. Sometimes yeah. drives you nuts. And and like we've just got to sort of accept that while she is a phenomenal leader, uh, there is not only one way to do things. That's just the simple reality of it. And so like like let's not create these false idols. Let's not do this ridiculous thing. 
Part of it's it's an ongoing narrative within the party. Would you like Corey kind of quash it like he has, or or, or side not sure you, know, you didn't sidestep it. I think you dealt with it head on. Would you would you deal with it like how Corey has, both in terms of um, how he's positioned it and the subsequent actions thereon? In let's be very clear. I mean, she didn't succeed. Right. She has the largest opposition in Alberta history. That's great. That's fantastic. She was that also was... premier for four fucking years. Yeah. And if she'd left after those four years, that would have been great. But she lost because we're only as good as the last election. And she's had two losses back to back. So that means that the voters who had the choice, who had the opportunity to invest in her, said they didn't pref- they'd prefer not to. In fact, in the last election, they said they'd prefer to invest in a lunatic. So with lunatic ideas and lunatic backers, that's not great. So don't overinvest in something that didn't win. If your objective was to be the biggest opposition in Alberta history, then I guess, you know what, you can reinvest in that. That that did work. But I don't think the objective is that. And that actually would be one of my talking points if I was running in a leadership or running a leadership campaign. I would say, you know, Rachel Notley did amazing things, but we need someone who will close the deal because it, it's too important. It's too important. Not, you know, the, we see the stakes now. What happens when we're unable to win? They win. And when they win, it's bad. So well, we need to we need to make sure that we're different enough to get enough people to vote. Corey for. might be grabbing the eraser for the whiteboard. Go ahead, Corey. Do you, I don't do give it. a fuck. Yeah, I mean, I just I think that like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what are you what are you doing here? Like, I think we have to acknowledge where the NDP was before no, we she don't. start. We of no, course we don't. do. She, okay, she's a loser. She just a lo- okay. Listen, let's let's look. You and I have had this conversation so many times over the years. My thesis has always been about 2015 that there are trends in Alberta. There are demographic changes. There are, you know, attitudinal changes that have occurred in the province of Alberta that have meant that eventually we were going to end up with a government like the Alberta NDP government. And that 2015 was like a dramatic manifestation of those changes and probably happened, probably happened two or three elections too early. And so... Here we are. Uh, you know, like if we actually say that was an aberration, if you just want to look at where the NDP was prior and where they are now, how do you argue anything but incredible success of her leadership there? I think that's ridiculous, because the argument pe- you have just made here. No, it's not, because people weren't voting for her. They were voting against Prentice. And that's great, oh, because okay, but so uh, many elections are, are... That's how you win elections, arguably. And arguably, people... You know, if Pierre Polyev becomes the next Prime Minister of Canada, it won't be because he's the next best candidate. It's because they're voting against, a you know, who they perceive to be a bad Prime Minister. And they may or may not be wrong in that. But that's how people make decisions. They're sometimes voting voting for you and they're sometimes voting against you. And I would say that they vote, you know, and and I put myself in this category. Alison Redford didn't win in 2012 because they were voting for her. They she won because they were voting against Danielle Smith and her crazy people. Yeah. That was you know, so I'm not just sitting here saying, oh, look how you know bad or, you know, this is a bad way of winning. It's a great way to win. In I mean, fact, some you, might you say were, it's the only way to win. You were literally chanting, she's a loser a second she's ago. She's a loser. Okay. Anyways, my point is that she needs, like, the party, if the party wants to win, it can't just be building an, an opposition, you know, hope that people choose to vote against Danielle. You got to build up something that people Corey, Corey, want I'm liking the shape of this. More. I'm liking the shape of this memo. Is there anything else you want to add? I feel like, I feel like if people, I feel like you the people want, I, 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 I feel like it was getting redundant, Carter. Um, 
at some point I had redundant and Carter are redundant, redundant Carter. phrases. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm liking the shape of this memo, Corey. Is there anything you want to add? Because my final point is to talk about outside pressures, third party groups like this one to drive it home to our current reality. Yeah, well, I think one of the things we haven't talked about here, but you also need to have in your mind, I don't know that your answer to it changes what you do in any of the conversations we've had around policy, leadership, timing, any of that is like there are there are shades of name change, right? There <laughs> yeah. there is like a literal name change to something like the Alberta Progressives, right? Which don't, I think don't, which, uh, which, do we own? One do we own that Alberta Progressive? Well, we should, we should see if it's available. It. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh and then there are things along the lines of just dropping the new and maybe not even legally in the party, just saying like we're branding ourselves just as the Democrats now. That's a really good Alberta. idea. Like the, the way to talk about like you don't need to legally change the name of the party. Yeah. You change the brand of the good. party. We should, you change and you can like literally in Alberta, you just write a letter if you're like a principal officer. I can't remember the exact phrasing they have for it. Like the the executive director of the party, the leader can send a note to Elections Alberta and say, this is the name we want to show up on the ballot next to it, right? And so, like, you don't need to go through big constitutional arguments and bylaw changes. And your ability to do that is strengthened the closer you sit to the current legal name of the party. Like, as long as it is a portion of the current legal name, you know, Elections Alberta is not going to have a leg to stand on to say, no, you don't need to have the big internal fights. So there are also things you need to consider on that front, because, well, we've talked about, oh, we do all of these things. And we've sort of assumed, A, we have all of the authorities of the leader, both as candidate and the leader's office, but B, mm-hmm. that we'd be able to slide everything through bylaws without like some sort of contentious fight on the floor of a convention. So, I, I mean, you've also got to think about that, because that's going to dictate some of your tactics and approaches as you move forward. Now, here's what's interesting. Alberta Democrats is taken, Corey. Someone, someone's thinking ahead. Well, but, I'm sure. But Alberta, Alberta DP.ca is not taken. So if you want Alberta Democratic Party, just Alberta out of DP. curiosity. Yes, go ahead, Carter. Is, is that us? Uh, I, I mean, it might be. It, very, yeah. it, it, it may, <laughs> in fact, be us. I think we may have talked about it on oh an episode. Oh my God. Corey, can, please, that... how did this not come up in the audit episode? This should have... <laughs> I don't know. Corey, Corey's been getting extremely, extremely shitty at his... At his very life. sloppy. Um, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll capture all the domain names, so should that they, this ever happen, um, the party... I don't think we ever will know all the domains that we No, no. You know, the problem is because, like, I was looking at the list of ones we registered yeah. at Hover, but I sometimes do it at Names Pro. I sometimes do Names it Pro's at, like... Good. Names Cheap? Do you do yeah. Names Cheap? Names cheap. Names yeah, like, it could be anywhere, right? Yeah. <sighs> Carter, we need to we need to get all of them. We may even own AlbertaDemocrats.ca. We should start our own political party. Carter. Like, you know what we should? We should start our own political party. That'd be great. I like that. What I, could possibly well, go wrong? We got Zane for leader posters available at thestrategist.ca. Well, just out of curiosity, who would oppose him? I mean, if Zane decided to run for leader, we're all in. We're all in. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, you might be using a royal we there. I would certainly I mean, his, strongly oppose him, but... I mean, don't get me wrong, catastrophic for the province. But nonetheless, uh, I can wrap my yeah. head around. Carter, what else needs to be included yeah. in our memo? What, what's missing from your perspective? Well, I mean, you do want to talk about these third I, parties. I, I, and, and I do. The third party is a problem. Uh, is, okay, so, so let, this, let, let, me, let me frame it in my way. Are, are, okay. Are they, are there's, is there a point in this time horizon that we're talking about where Corey's kind of anchored us to T-minus six months with eventual potential name change? Is there a period at any point that having a third party, whether it's this group, uh, different groups, formal, informal, yeah. uh, it, we talk about generating the parade of the enthusiasm for something like this to happen. Is that 
helpful. Th- this group is saying they want to start the conversation, right? That's that's their mantra. Yeah. That's that's what they're asking. But is there a point anywhere in the process that a group or groups or individuals chattering about this at a at, at any given volume is helpful to the outcome that you want, which in this case for the exercise we're doing is to change the name. Carter, your thoughts and then Corey, you. Absolutely not. Because let, let's assume that this is something that a leadership candidate, you know, we can see this happening down the road. Now, all of a sudden, we are just taking the position of an existing third party, like they're, they have some sort of influence over us, like they're the leader. I mean, this is about leadership. This is about being in charge. And we're not going to hand over being in charge to some third party group. We want to be in charge. That's essential to the overall exercise is that, you know, the, the leadership candidate or the leader is is driving this bus. But now we have to be beholden to this third party leadership group or this par- third party group that is already advancing a you know a name change a, a a trademark change without going through the work of actually changing the organization all this is doing is making it less likely that the alberta ndp winds up being in a position where it can change its name so carter you, you would have the same reaction Corey, i'm coming to you in a second on this particular question you'd have the exact same reaction to this alberta's progressive future if it happened eight months before the next election, as you do today, is that right? Yeah, more so. Okay, more so, jumping, jump tragic. In. Yeah, yeah. Jump yeah. In. Any any part of the time horizon is a third party or anyone providing a groundswell to make this happen useful? That's the question, Corey. Well, so listen, my personal philosophy of this, somewhat like I said, informed by having to live like many years of pain of this conversation with the Alberta Liberal Party, and ultimately, I believe it was so bad for the party. It was such a distraction party couldn't get its pants on. There was so much internal strife over the particular matter, right? So I'm somewhat informed and somewhat scarred, frankly, by that particular experience. Here's the thing. Should the Alberta NDP do this? I don't think so, but I'll entertain debates on it. Is the conversation helpful? Fuck no. no. It will force lines to be drawn. It will take energy away from things where energy is required. It will make authority look like it came from elsewhere, to Stephen's point here. And it creates a pressure that you're going to be forced to either approve or deny. And imagine a scenario you just talked about eight months before. Yeah. Yeah. If you you plan to do this two months from now, and now you have some random fucking group demanding you do it, and you're going to do it? Like, yeah, it actually does make it impossible to do, to Stephen's yeah. point. So, like, I just, I don't, I don't think the conversation is helpful. I, I think, you know, and ultimately by raising conversation about this, you make it impossible for the leader to do it quietly. Like you essentially have elevated the question to the point where it demands the involvement of other people. Also, this idea that conversation is required in some sort of political environment, like yeah, this isn't actually it. how politics works. I mean, how Alberta party of them. I mean, this, this you got to yeah. admire their like, commitment th- to the Alberta a, party. There's a case here. Let's talk about it. There's a case yeah. here that if, if and, and this is no slight to the folks organizing this, but if they had, no, it is. if they had the heft to make this happen, they could, they could do it behind closed doors, right? Like, is that what you're ultimately right. trying to say? They could do it strategically behind closed doors, be part of a plan uh, sort of thing, uh, be involved in the process sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, Corey. Yeah. Well, look, I I have a good friend. His name's Justin Archer. He he had analysis after the 2015 election about why the Alberta NDP won, which I, I kind of fundamentally agree with here in terms of not so much why the Alberta NDP was ahead of the Wild Rose, but why like the Alberta 
party became nothing, the Alberta Liberals became nothing, and the Alberta NDP sucked up all of that vote, right? Is because those other two organizations were so internally focused and trying to figure out the perfect mechanism through which this vote could be delivered instead of actually doing the work that's required. And the way Justin's put it, and I've stolen and I've used this phrase a bunch of times, is they are the only ones who were dressed when the bus came. Right? Like everybody else was fucking debating about what clothes they're going to wear that day. And so, yeah, I mean, these things can be poisonous, distracting arguments. And lest we forget, in 2015, in Edmonton Center, in a liberal held seat, the Alberta Liberal Party held the seat, Lori Blakeman lost. I think she might have even come in third, but I might be wrong. Remember about this? That. Yeah, sure. Yeah. David Shepard won. Yep. NDP. Lori Blakeman ran with signs that she had coordinated a deal where she got the nomination of the Green Party, the Liberals, and the Alberta Party. And she had all three fucking logos on there, trying to look like she was like this consensus change candidate. And everyone's like, and she's the sitting MLA. And everyone's like, that's great. I'm going to vote for those guys. They seem to to actually be talking about the things I care about right now. Yeah. Conversations about brand matter so much more to the political class than they do to the voting class. And polling like we've seen from Alberta's progressive future is essentially polling on where people already feel about these things. And there's such a tail wags the dog a bit to this, right? Like, oh, I, you know, why aren't you going to vote NDP? I don't have a good reason. So I'll give you the bad reason you put in front of me. Like, you've got to be fucking careful following polls on this stuff, too. Carter, final question here, which is really about packaging this memo. uh, And if someone were to want to absorb it, someone were to go back to this episode, write everything down, put it together and say, this is my game plan. I want to change the name of this party. I'm committed to this project. I don't know who this person is. I I don't have anyone in in my mind. But I'm just saying, like, someone's like, yes, motivated by this. Give me, as we wrap up this episode, your cautionary note on all of this. You may have already delivered it through some of your other analysis. And Corey, I'm coming to you with the same question. Your cautionary note to take what we've said on this show and start applying it to their political future, a candidate of choice's political future, uh, backpocketing it for, for the next time there's a leadership change. What cautionary advice would you have for them around implementation? Because a plan is great, but if you can't implement it properly with folks that know how to execute it, it turn, it can turn into shit. So give me your take, Corey, your take, and then we'll, we'll close this thing out. Uh, there are no shortcuts in politics. Politics is about hard work and changing your relationship with the the electorate. So whenever someone proposes some sort of a get-rich-quick scheme uh, of how you can gain electoral success without having to put in the effort, uh, be skeptical because the reality is you're not going to be able to just change your relationship with the voters. Uh, as Corey said in the very first sentence that he spoke in this episode, you don't change the relationship with the voters simply by changing your name. That, that Give the voters more credit. They're not just looking down and saying, well, I don't like that. That's the reason they're giving. That's not the reason why they're not voting for you. Corey, cautionary note, any sort of like footnotes you'd want to add to the memo, any, any sort of uh, additional context you want to add? Well, I couldn't agree more with every every word Stephen said, mostly because it was referencing my words, but yeah, still well, very good packaging. It was yeah. very good packaging of it all. I think the other thing, though, I would say is like, don't forget if you are committed to the idea of a name change for this organization. Again, like if that's your okay, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 
that is a means to an end. It is not an end in its own right. And you've got to actually be live to the situation as it unfolds. And if you find at that seven months before election that, hey, actually things are going pretty good. We're up 10 points in the polls here. The whole idea was we wanted to do this to win an election. Why would you shoot yourself in the foot by proceeding with this particular plan, right? If the thesis was you need to change the brand to win, well, then your thesis has been disproven. So make sure you're actually reacting to the facts on the on the ground here and not just doing things because you would always plan to do things. Create optionality, create paths for yourself. That's always a good idea in political strategy. And by the way, lest we forget, the NDP led in the polls for most of the four years uh, between the last two elections. So, I, you know, I think that this is kind of a ridiculous project on its face. We're going to leave it there. That's a wrap on episode 1268 of The Strategist. My name is Zane Velge. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter, and we'll see you next time. Okay, so Carter's late. We were supposed to record 12 minutes ago, but I know exactly why he's late. Number one, Corey, I think he's in a different time zone. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a reasonable theory. He's he's working, but there's doing more. some work in Toronto. But there's more because we were supposed to record yesterday, and then he he backed out when he said, "Listen, they haven't even started the main course." Which to me, there's a couple things. He's he's in a different time zone. That's my first prediction. Uh-huh. He is in a different time zone where he had dinner with people who were very casual about the timing of dinner. Which, by the way, is is a very roundabout way of saying he was with brown people, uh, and 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 thirdly, he estimated. He said, "Listen, it's 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 ten thirty. I'm gonna definitely make it. That's when we record ten thirty. Yeah, I'll be done dinner by. 10:30. Oh my god, I'll yep. be I'll have digested my dinner by ten thirty. Um, <laughs> he made a mistake. Yeah, you know, he made a huge you know mistake. So we're gonna wait for him to come on. And, and we're going to ask him what happened, because he hasn't shown up yet. This is a, this is a reschedule. No. Uh, we're going to ask yeah, him what... he's supposed to be here 13 minutes I ago. bet he thinks he's in a different time zone right now. I bet he got caught up. Yeah. I mean, what time is it right now? Five, five, um, he's in a late lunch. He's doing... <laughs> <laughs> he's doing... He went to go have dinner last night. Yeah. And there was going to be just two stops along the way. And then they were going to get there. And at both of the stops and at the actual place of dinner, there were two-hour delays. That's, That's my theory. Yeah. So you can't say no. You can't say no to food. You can't say no. Yeah. 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 If, if you want to be a white man serving brown people, you got to let the brown people serve you. Okay. This is. It's going to be part of my <laughs> my book of idioms <laughs> that I produce eventually. That's. Is that an yeah, idiom? Yeah. I don't know about that one. Is, is, that, yeah. is it a maxim? I, mean, I think it's more of a maxim. It's more of a maxim than an idiom. I think. Yeah. 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 It's more of a maxim. But uh, if you want to serve brown people, let brown people serve you. Okay. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Good political <laughs> advice. I mean, we've got a lot of brown people in politics now, so all you whites will probably eventually, you know, start working for us. So, you know, it's pretty good advice. In fact, I should probably yeah. write an entire book on how to deal with uh, brown politicians, Corey. I feel like there's a lot of them coming, so, going, running. Yeah. So give me like the the play by play here. Yeah. Stephen Carter. When do you think that dinner was originally scheduled for? Okay, so I bet you it was eight o'clock at night. Eight, eight to eight thirty. Okay, and yeah. he's like ten thirty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, no, yeah, we can easily. That's two hours after this dinner. Yeah. Now Carter yeah. would also underestimate Mississauga traffic, right? Um, oh, that's true. Right. So every person in Mississauga is legally bound to have their own car, um, which is why <laughs> traffic is terrible, right? Um, <laughs> And so I gotta get to and from Cactus Club. Yeah, yeah. Underestimated, underestimated the traffic. Uh, dinner was supposed to be seven thirty or eight. 
Um, he thought he had his dinner. Here's actually what happened. He thought he had his dinner when he had the appetizers because Carter is pale white. He doesn't understand what an Indian appetizer <laughs> would be. So he's like, he, he went hard in the paint on the appetizers. He's full, okay? It's about 9.10 and he's full. <laughs> Problem is, dinner it's hasn't even started 9, yet. 10. He's had, yeah, he's had, uh, yeah, I can see this now. No, no, yeah. he went hard in the paint. He's like, this is amazing, whatever this is on a stick. This is so good. Uh, it's good. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he gets yeah. all his content out I've there. I've never had such good pakora. Yeah. You know, these are amazing samosas. Yeah, yeah. no, rookie mistake. Yeah, no. And by rookie, I mean he should know better. Um, And and then he, he eventually fucks up because the main courses haven't arrived. And if you don't know... <laughs> Um, dessert and tea is his own 90 minute operation at any dinner I mean this guy is fucked and he's pretty much I I think he was at an Indian wedding I think he I think they probably crashed a wedding last night he might still be there that might be why he's not here right now well I mean listen um, at the very least we should probably release this and we should probably mention our sponsors at Canva now (laughs) Canva Corey (laughs) you can use yeah I'm recording this entire thing on Canva Right, it's not one of their features, yeah. but I mean, it eventually probably will be because they're developing yeah, features like it's no one's business. Corey, they, they've got AI. That's the thing that they do now. Uh, oh, tell me about this. A- what does AI stand for? It stands for Applied Interstellar, and I don't know what that exactly means, but That's it sounds weird, but really I, it fancy. Sounds very futuristic. Yeah, yeah, it sounds extremely yeah. futuristic. Uh, they've got Canva for Teams. Okay, so imagine yourself as one person. Now imagine many of you. That's a team, okay? You can use you can use well, AI to create. I don't even know why I would. Here's what I do. I'd create, I don't know why I would need teammates if I use Canva because they do all. Canva does all the work. It's and I think that's the that's the hole they wanted us to find in the logic, right? Why would you have AI and Canva for teams when you could do everything with AI and Canva, right? So here's what yeah. I'd say. Fuck Canva for Teams. It's a feature that's probably going to die. Um, <laughs> but they're our sponsor. And you can get a 45-day trial, Corey, at uh, canva.me slash dave45. Um, yeah, that's they're nice. our only sponsor for now. Um, they've been contemplating giving us another sponsor, Corey. Um, there's, oh, yeah. There's been, yeah, there's been long-standing conversation on uh, on one of us receiving a, a Douglas mattress. Now, you, now, I thought we were sharing the Douglas mattress. Ah, one of us yes. receiving it. So here's, here's yeah. the question. I, now, I, I've asked for three Douglas mattresses, uh, and they have said uh, no. Uh, and then I asked for one Frederick Douglas mattress, and then they, they ghosted me. Um, so I don't know what Douglas mattresses are. We might get one, and apparently... <laughs> Based on how we like it, we have to read some ad copy for them. But uh, uh, I suspect if you go to but Douglas dot whatever ca, I imagine slash uh, Dave forty five, eventually you'll probably be able to get <laughs> one of the mattresses. Now, I, I, now I, I think the way it works, Court, is that they send yeah. us a mattress, and okay. we test that mattress out, and we get to give it away to one of our listeners. I think that is how the Douglas. So like a yeah, okay, that makes sense. Now yeah, I don't that's... think we could get it back in the box. So we have to pay exorbitant freight to get this mattress out. <laughs> Which could I, we um, could we draw straws to see who gets the mattress first? Okay, so here's, here's 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 my yeah. proposal. We draw straws to get who who gets the mattress first, and then we sell the mattress on the strategist.ca afterwards. Okay, we're in the hole for domain names significantly. Yeah, we got to recuperate some of those okay, costs there. Here he is, Stephen Carter. Stephen Carter. Carter, we've been recording. Welcome. For the last yeah, several minutes recording. now, here's what we need to know. Carter, what happened last night? Where were you? Are you in this time zone or are you in a different time zone? I'm here now. 
Okay, well, where are you? Where, where were you yesterday? Yeah, what happened yesterday? I went to the Ranchman's Club for oh dinner. Oh, no! <laughs> it's like the opposite. Couldn't be farther from what you guessed. <laughs> What'd you guess? Amazing. We're going to have to listen and find out. Oh, we're recording. Oh, this is great. Let's do a show. <laughs>